0: WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. That's WonderfulPistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 959 Growth and Looking Good, both by Becca Shern of MinimalWellness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, the podcast where I narrate health and fitness blogs for you, all for free. It's kind of like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, one article a day. And then on Fridays, which is tomorrow already, I answer your questions right here on the show. But back to today. Today, I actually have two posts for you. And that's because both posts are relatively short, and I wanna make sure that you get your fill of this show for today. I'm sure you're excited to hear them, so let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Growth, by Becca Schern of minimalwellness.com. Have you ever watched a young child learn a new task or physical movement? At the beginning, their attempts can seem entirely futile. They're nowhere near their intended outcome. They stare at books, quote unquote, reading for hours before comprehending the alphabet. They fail repeatedly. Their results are suboptimal. Much of their effort appears to get them nothing. But unless they get too frustrated, they'll generally continue trying. With every attempt, they learn something new. They stumble their way through mental, physical, and emotional trial and error, discovering what doesn't work and what gets them closer to their objective. They sit with what they've learned, take time away, then return and adjust subsequent attempts. Eventually, they have a breakthrough. Something clicks, and they leap forward. Maybe they master the task or get so much closer that they now understand concretely they're making progress. This is how we learn, how we change, how we grow, This summer, I learned that my weak shoulders and improper posture are the source of carpal tunnel pain I've experienced for a couple of years. As part of my treatment for that pain, I began physical therapy exercises and upper body weight training. One of the best exercises for shoulder, back, and core strength are pull-ups. So I added them to my routine. Because my upper body is relatively weak, I needed 35 pounds of assistance to do one pull-up when I started. After countless repetitions over many weeks, I only need 16 pounds of assistance. I develop little calluses on my hands. My progress is slow, but notable, and my wrist pain is fading. Eventually, I will do pull-ups and cure my wrist pain, but only with a lot more effort. Unfortunately, our culture doesn't celebrate the process like effort, struggle, failure, resistance, and time so required for growth. In fact, we do the opposite. We glorify pacification, status symbols, and the quick fix. We avoid discomfort. We fear failure. We give lip service to learning, growth, and personal development. But when we avoid the growth process, we stagnate and regress. We develop chronic conditions like carpal tunnel. Most of us, myself included, have found ourselves at some point in a rut of deterioration, not growth. Physical deterioration leads to pain and disease. Mental and emotional deterioration often manifests as dissatisfaction. Although the dissatisfaction can register with us consciously, sometimes we don't know why we're dissatisfied and feel unfulfilled. Dissatisfaction and unfulfillment fuel consumerism. Marketers prey on our discontent by offering their things as an antidote. If you build the right wardrobe, drive a luxury car, own a big house, have an impressive job title, you'll be successful and happy, satisfied, beautiful, fit, and young. They market the easy buttons, leading us to believe that the good life is possible with the right combination of buttons, the right product, the right program, the right diet, the right exercise routine, the right vision board. But when the easy button fails, as they always do, we give up, feeling more dissatisfaction than before. It's a vicious cycle, and it's sold to us every day. The truth is, if we focus on growth, as we pull ourselves out of deterioration or stagnation, the pain and dissatisfaction will start to fade. No thing will dampen discontent, and there is no easy button for growth. Looking Good by Becca Schoen of MinimalWellness.com A few weeks ago, a reader asked me if I would consider writing about minimalist beauty routines because there are so many confusing products on the market. The request was humorous as I'm one of the least qualified people to talk about the best or most minimal beauty products. However, the request intrigued me, and as I pondered my response, a few things became clear. We should focus on internal beauty. Most of us are never going to look like a model or celebrity, no matter how many products we purchase and use, or have sitting in a drawer, just in case. What makes someone beautiful, handsome, or attractive is, in large part, being comfortable in their own skin. Confidence, happiness, joy. These qualities make our eyes sparkle and smiles shine far brighter than any arsenal of products. Pursuing a life of meaning and purpose ignites our internal fire and makes us the most attractive version of ourselves. Additionally, taking care of our physical bodies will help us look our best. If we eat well, exercise, sleep, and limit our exposure to toxins, our skin will be more vibrant and energy levels optimized. These recommendations are not gender-specific. True attractiveness radiates from the inside out. We all have things that make us beautiful and unique. Embrace and celebrate those characteristics, even if they're not considered traditionally attractive. I have an enormous smile and an equally substantial vein running right down the middle of my forehead. My skin has more moles than I can count, laugh lines, and now slowly developing wrinkles. Unless I get some sort of plastic surgery, all of those things will remain and become more pronounced with time. I'm okay with that. These characteristics make me me. Imperfect, flawed, beautiful, human. Embracing our unique attractiveness and cultivating confidence will help us tune out the incessant messaging from the fashion and beauty industries, which profit from our insecurities. Of course, most of us have some type of grooming routine and use personal care products, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, shaving cream, toothpaste, deodorant. The average adult in the US uses nine different personal care products every day. And because companies are allowed to do so, Many of these products are full of toxic chemicals. The Environmental Working Group has a great site called Skin Deep, where you can find information on personal care products and investigate their safety. In addition to the direct effect of putting hundreds of chemicals onto our skin every day, and remember, our skin's our largest organ, research suggests that our skin has a microbiome that may get disrupted by constant exposure to the chemicals, preservatives, and antimicrobials found in many of our personal care products. Indeed, our skin, hair, and bodies may be at their healthiest when we reduce our chemical inputs. With a little bit of research, anyone can curate a small lineup of non-toxic personal care products that work well for them. Looking good has little to do with the products we use and everything to do with how we feel and how we choose to live our lives. You just listened to the posts titled Growth and Looking Good Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I almost laughed when I was reading the line to you where Becca said, most of us are never going to look like a model or celebrity. I, at least in my mind, have been compared to the, again, only in my head, not-so-super-attractive celebrities out there. And so I've been told I look like certain celebrities, but they're usually not Brad Pitt or Ryan Reynolds or George Clooney or somebody like that, unfortunately. But Becca's absolutely right that so much of our internal qualities that make us unique, they actually kind of bubble up to the surface somehow. I'll give you an example, and I promise this is not designed to be a humble brag in any way. So one of my family members had been away for some time because they were in the military and were living on a base on the East Coast. They recently moved back and we were talking about some of our workouts that we like to do and our overall health status. And we somehow got to our body weight and things like that. And so this family member of mine asked me, so how much are you weighing now? And I said, "Uh, you know, I'd rather not share that. I'm carrying a little bit of holiday weight right now. and..." it's gonna sound worse because I'm not super tall. And she goes, wait, you're fine, how tall are you? And I said, I'm only like five, six and a half, maybe five, seven on a good day. And she's like, what, you're taller than that. I said, no, I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And so after more of this back and forth, she goes, well, I guess it just seems like you're taller because you just have so much confidence. And I was like, aw. And again, not trying to humble brag but she was saying how my confidence just makes me seem like more of an imposing figure. Not in a bad way, but instead it's like I carry myself that makes me seem taller or bigger. And for me, that was a huge compliment because when I was younger, I didn't have the most confidence. In fact, that was probably the last characteristic I would ever think I would have at any point in my life. I was always the person with the least amount of confidence, the most anxiety in new situations. And so it's something that kind of bubbled to the surface. It's an Internal quality that I had that I frankly didn't even realize, but sort of came up to the surface and it was projected onto how I carry myself. And if you think about others in your life, those folks that you just can't wait to be around, that you just can't wait to talk to, I guarantee they have some of these internal qualities that attract you to them. They're joyful, they're good listeners, they express happiness and confidence. That's what attracts you to them. And listen, if I can somehow go from the least confident person in the room to, I guess, now showing that confidence somehow, you can do it too, I promise. All right, that'll do it from me for today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow for the Friday Q&A and where your optimal life awaits.